0: Hello, hello, hello! I'm your Saint Polly Girl hostess with the mostess, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth.
1: Oh. In your mouth. I'm
0: the queen of food, who's always she- in the mood to lick it right, lick it good. Show oh, you how to. Oh look. God, that's good. I wanna know what you eat—from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In your mouth. <laughs> <The> goosebumps. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And how y'all doing? We are just flying through this year, and I am sure if you are with me, you can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) Let me tell you, um, my mother called me the other day and told me that she heard on the news that we are not doing daylight saving time, daylight saving not savings, right, time here in New York City. I don't know if that's a thing. I did not check her sources. But I mean, all right, let's just, yeah, of course, let's just get rid of daylight saving time because why not? I mean, (laughs) other things that have happened over the past week, You know, as I get older, I think it's something like 100, we're doing a countdown till Munoz turns 40 on the pod, because what else do we have to do? Um, I think it's like something like 105, 102 days, I haven't really looked today, till I turn 40. um, I've just developed some sort of eye issue that no one can figure out, except for that the eye doctor tells me that I'm old. So great. In the last week, not only was I called old, but some random woman in my building elevator decided to be like wow you got chubby no one told her dad bod was a thing <laughs> apparently so i don't know about you but i'm really ready for 2020 to be over and just so you know i am gorgeous and i am not affected by these things you would think that it was like the gay men calling me fat and old but no nope, just random straight people that i don't really know <laughs> All of that to say, I am really excited for today 's episode, uh, because you know joining joining my real food influencers of the podcast land is that was that a stretch uh, for like a real housewive 's reference that was a stretch, right yeah, feel free to write to me and give me some better options for that um, as as your Andy Cohen of food here because I am just going to live that title down. Um, down to the grave um and so i'm really excited and long-winded today about today's episode please join me in welcoming the one the only mine and your gay bartender uh mr adam tabulea say
1: hi hey guys hey queen miss munoz over here how are you i am oh well how are you this morning I'm doing great. I'm just chilling in my living room with my coffee.
0: Lovely. I mean, I'm well besides the fact that I'm fat and old, according to straight America.
1: I mean, look, (laughs) we have all been in lockdown and in quarantine, so I think we can all forgive each other a little bit. I went to Sheep Meadow recently, and there is a lot less nakedness than there used to be in the summer. So, you know, the gays are, there's a lot more caftans, fewer Speedos. Listen, I have
0: no body shame. Uh, Body dysmorphia, yes. Body shame, no. So I will throw myself out poolside in a thong if I feel like
1: it. Oh, there's no shame in that at all. Actually, it's the guys that are still in shape that I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, what were you doing during quarantine? (laughs) Not eating. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently, but I have been, and I've been drinking a lot too. So you know, I think we all have.
0: Yes, I also ran into two people that I know more than acquaintances, less than friends, not sex buddies, mm-hmm. um, that um, are very attractive, have all the abs, this and that. Right, I've known them forever, and I walk. They walk by, and I was like. Oh, you have a little quarantine tummy and i live for it i live that like i live that you like you're you're just like not trying to keep up appearances and that we're all like you know
1: well it's like like, it's like you see these people and you idolize them for so long and then you see them after quarantine you're like oh my god you're a real person just like me (laughs) is it it
0: terrible though that um because uh in your mouth listeners we are both uh old musical theater queens here. And yes, you know what? Before we even move on, Adam Tabulea is a California-born musical theater queen and queer actor, according to he, him, and himself. Um, he began bartending the day after he turned 21 and has worked at Harlem Public. Shout out to you, Harlem Public. Here in Love that. NYC uh, for six years. He is the producer, writer, host, and editor of My Gay Bartender, a cocktail <laughs> tutorial website that offers recipes, beverages, history and niche queer pop culture references just so you and your children know marjorie
1: yes follow me on instagram at my gay bartender yeah um like you i kind of uh turned something that i love doing into my own form of art and have particularly been honing in on it during this pandemic because it's like as artists and like as a bartender, I'm not really like comfortable getting back into that environment from a safety perspective. And so I'm like, how can I sort of mash these two things together so that I still feel productive and relevant when my options are like limited? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love all of that. And we are going to get into that. But
0: in the grand tradition of the In Your Mouth Podcast. I need to wish you a happy
1: National White Chocolate Day. Okay, happy <laughs> National White Chocolate Day. I'm not gonna hate on it. I'm not gonna say that I haven't enjoyed things with white chocolate in them. Uh, have we but not like, canceled white chocolate? <laughs> I, honestly, it's it's kind of time. It's like I see it, and I'm like, well, there it is. Um, it's not I really. Mean, it's, it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a that is a metaphor we could take very, very far. <laughs> White
1: chocolate.
0: I mean, I mean, I mean, I much rather prefer a dark chocolate or a milk chocolate or a cocoa caramel chocolate,
1: honey. Yeah, I mean, any like any real chocolate. Why, like, I, I just I. It's a nice, it's a, it's a nice thought. Um, Wait, are we still idea, talking about chocolate? But why are we ruining it? You know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean
0: we need to stop praising white chocolate is all I'm going to say <laughs> Yeah, you know I need like an
1: 80% plus come on let's get real
0: yeah 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 Um, and I'm just going to leave that
1: I'm going to leave that there
0: before I get and that's
1: all she has to say about that
0: before I run my mouth into some place where I'm going to get myself in trouble right. <laughs>
1: careful
0: <laughs> And as always, I like to call on the gay voices of the past. And today is no different, Adam. Did you know that on September 23rd, 1970, on the CBS television series Medical Center, a medical researcher announces, I am a homosexual. Although his quote unquote condition is portrayed as unfortunate, big surprise, the program is acclaimed as the first sympathetic treatment of a gay man in an american tv drama
1: i did not know that and i love gay trivia that's so cool yeah well if you go back um
0: 50 some odd episodes right now it's a daily gay trivia trivia extravaganza well, you know, sure. and it's
1: it's really interesting how we've been kind of affecting the industry for such a long time, but we had to fly under the radar in the beginning. And now it's like, I think it's so cool that we can literally like both of us lean into our queerness as like part of our brand in a way. Um, so it's really cool to see how, you know, there that's like the seedling right there of like being able to bring queer stories to the front line and to be able to do it like in such an unapologetic way is so exciting now.
0: Yes and one that isn't unfortunate because more often than not LGBTQ stories are told in um just to use the buzzword uh, from the Lavender Project. Thank you Lavender Project for our little uh gay history moment today. Um uh to like more often than not, our stories are told in a sad way. you know we are either we are either dying or beat up or ostracized or alone or dead, more, more often dead. <laughs>
1: I mean, honestly, and they, you know? they do tend to focus more on our struggle than our successes. And so I think we're we're getting to a point now with things like, obviously, Drag Race and a lot of queer programming that I've been seeing pop up on all kinds of, like, major networks. Um, I just think it's really, really amazing now that we can uh, we can kind of celebrate what we're good at instead of focusing on the hardships that we face. Because, like... I mean, obviously, we all go through hardships, but I've spent more of my time really being joyful about being a big old fairy than yeah. I have feeling bad about it. And so I wish that... I just like the idea of spreading more of that around so that people can see a more multidimensional version of us as a yeah, community. I mean, I during this quarantine, I was
0: almost convinced to start an alt Twitter to show the world what I was good at. But right. I decided against that.
1: Be careful. I mean, I think we've all really thought about that. Like, we went into lockdown and everyone's like, so who's starting an OnlyFans?
0: Uh, an OnlyFans. Uh, for our queer allies out there, you know, if you haven't discovered OnlyFans or alt Twitter, it is a, um interesting hole. A fun hole, An uh, interesting
1: hole.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a uh, dirty Twitter is a very special toy. Twi- uh, uh, dirty Twitter. I can't even speak this morning. Is a very special place. Is all I have to say.
1: <laughs> it sure is.
0: <laughs> and the amount of friends that I have encountered and seen their bits and pieces,
1: but we're not going to talk about look, that. Look, but but you know what? If you got to snatch that coin, honey, you got to snatch that coin. Listen, times is times. Hard? Seriously, yeah. But speaking about what we're good at,
0: let's talk a little bit about you and your bartending skilleries.
1: Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me. What would you like to know?
0: So, why? I mean, I think you're the first bartender on. I mean, we've had a, a shit ton of people on the podcast that mm-hmm. that are in hospitality, are chefs, but I think you're the official, like, just bartender on in your mouth. So welcome. I love boundaries. Yes. Breaking boundaries and and creating space.
1: Yes. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) But what, what made you wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to be your gay bartender.
1: So, uh, honestly, the, the first idea for My Gay Bartender happened long ago, before I lived in New York City, and um, I was actually working as a personal trainer. I worked as a trainer for seven years, but um, I had bartended for many years before that, or a handful of years before that, and I still enjoyed doing it. And so I thought, maybe I can, like, freelance... And kind of like workhouse parties or special events, and like catering is not as huge of a thing in California as I, I grew up in the Bay Area, so catering was not like a huge part of life the way that it is in New York City. And so I kind of would like put myself out on Craigslist, but for like actual work, <laughs> um, and I started like pimping myself out as like my gay bartender, like a you know sort of a, a, a threat-free like gay like trendy guy to come and like make your drinks for your party and, wait a minute you know,
0: how, wait a minute how much clothes were you wearing or not wearing
1: yeah I mean I've definitely uh done parties where it's like a classy event but I've also done parties where I have been literally in like a jock strap. and no we're one is playing. angry you in know, in my, 20s, in my twenties, in my twenties, I was like, yes, like anytime, whatever. You know, in, in your
0: in your late twenties now. Um, see what I did there? Uh, in your late twenties you now, uh, it, it's not that bad. Listen, in your mouth, listeners, while you're while you're passively listening to this podcast, why don't you head over to at my gay bartender and just take a peek at the faché, y'all?
1: <laughs> well, okay. Look, here's the deal. So in my earlier posts on My Gay Bartender after I had created a series out of it, which basically happened because I wasn't booking any work as an actor. So I was like, how can I take this survival job skill and turn it into something that I feel passionate and artistic about? And so that's kind of when it all started happening. So that's when I launched this Instagram, started do, like putting these episodes together. And I kind of came up with a format to... On my Instagram where I was like, okay, I need a a picture of the drink, I need the episode itself, and I need like a slutty picture to obviously strum up some kind of following. And, and, who's, so and I, who's angry? Who's mad? No, I mean, look, I it's kind of fun going back into my heyday because I used to bartend up in San Francisco and like all of these, like I I just look like such a child, but I was like, I'm living my fantasy as a gay bartender. Like it was, it was it was serious. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time, though. I've been through some things. Oh, my goodness.
0: As I sit here and scroll back. Listen, you don't actually have to scroll back that far to, uh, to get, um, you know, the sexy bartender pics. Uh, well, and know, re- remember that time I said uh, I needed to turn off my phone and then didn't? That's just what happened. <laughs> That's okay. You're allowed
1: to. This is your gig.
0: Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, no. So... You don't even have to scroll that back to get a sexy bartender photo is it's true. Uh, you know, and no it and has no been
1: part true. of my brand. Like I, I think also as an actor, like I've done a lot of shows that require me to take off my clothes. So it's something that I've just always been like pretty comfortable doing doing casting Um, couch the musical right uh... (laughs) although i will say that after you know after being in lockdown like i have not been to the gym honey like it's just not been a thing and so i haven't really been amping up those kinds of pictures lately and i've been you and me you
0: and me both according to miss connie in my
1: elevator okay <laughs> right what is up with that i was like thank you uh why is she volunteering this information like yeah. I, this the last thing that it we was need. like hi hi how are you wow you
0: got chubby wow okay Like, nice. thanks mom <laughs> thanks i'm obvious i'm obviously harping on it um quick sidebar i love that you started posting on craigslist back in my youth and we all know how close to 40 i am these days because i can't stop talking about it but um Back in my youth, when I was hitting the musical theater pavement pretty hard, I also had a Craigslist business of singing telegrams. Oh, girl. Yes. Singing telegrams. And you either got me in a tuxedo, or if you wanted to rent some sort of costume, like you would have to pay for that rental.
1: Like inflatable T-Rex. Those probably weren't that big back then. No, I, those didn't,
0: back in the 1920s, those did not exist. (laughs)
1: All right, Millie Dillmount. (laughs) Forget about the boy. This is 1922, bitch. It's jazz. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A
0: whole lot just happened in those three seconds that I don't know how many listeners will actually get.
1: Some people will get it. Like when you say, I don't remember eating any corn. (laughs) Like Somebody's got to know what that is. Jam today, jam tomorrow, or jam yesterday, but never ever jam today. So, obviously, we've got a couple of Carol Channing stands here. Carol, uh, obviously,
0: obviously. <laughs> obviously. I, you know what? I don't actually think I've ever done my Carol Channing, uh, my Carol Channing impression. Um, I think so... i feeling it. <laughs> This is the kind of tangent I get off on. (laughs) I know, you and me both. You actually remind me a little bit of myself when I first started blogging. Um, I used to run, uh, and no more, back in 2009 to 2012, a fairly popular food blog um, that no longer exists, where much like you on your videos, um, you're pulling references and references and references all the time. Some of them, as I was watching, I was like, wow. Like, this one dug deep for this reference. Um, And in my writing, uh, because back then you would write and then you would always link things out to, like, different things, it would be me linking things out to, like, YouTube clips of, like, really, really random references. And so I really, really enjoyed that part of watching your... um, like, Instagram tutorials.
1: Well, that makes me really happy because, you know, I'm sure you, you know from creating your own content and editing, like, sometimes you're spending so much time looking and listening to material of yourself that you're like, that it stops being funny or like, you're like, is anybody actually gonna like this, you know? And sometimes the references are so deep. Like there are certain times where I put something in there that is for like one specific person. But I figure like I'm calling the shots. So like I might as well do what I want. But what I love about that is that Other people will come out of the woodwork like strangers that I don't know. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you had like a still of, you know, nowadays from Chicago when you said nowadays in the video. And like, it's just those little like, that's who I who I really love reaching. And those are the kinds of people that I really do it for. So the people that are out there listening and who can appreciate the Carol Channing uh, impression. It's for you. You'll love yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I just I I live for a random reference. Um of course. I am I am queen of a random reference. Even in my circle of friends, I'll I'll pull out like, oh, that was like that episode of the nanny where she was like this,
1: and everyone will look at me being like what 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 are you talking about but then there's usually also like one person who's like oh my god i love that episode when like cc goes and does this
0: (laughs) honestly honestly so all right so we're here we're bartending we're sometimes shirtless we are very gay um what what and now the question is, what inspires the cocktail? Like, do you just choose at random? Or are you, or is it, are, are the references, you know, inspiring the cocktail? Sure. Um,
1: so it, it's interesting. If you if you look on, on my Instagram at all of the episodes, they're all up on IGTV. You can kind of see that there's like a first season that was filmed at an actual bar. And then there's like what I'm calling a second season, which sort of began after we went into quarantine. So um, the the original nine episodes of My Gay Bartender were all original recipes that I had developed at Harlem Public as like special drinks. And some of them would really take off when I would make them. Um, And so I thought maybe I'll just like write these recipes down and recreate them, uh, you know, in a shorthand form. And so that's kind of how the series began. But once we got into the pandemic, I didn't want to complicate things with like insane processes or like really hard to find ingredients because I figured that everybody who would be watching would be trying to make these themselves at home. So I started like scaling back and have focused more on like classic cocktails that have like interesting history, like bits and pieces attached to it. So the format has kind of changed and I will be incorporating recipes that are originals to me but for the time being I feel like it's a little bit more accessible for people to see things that are being made with ingredients that are easy to find that they have around their house already and in turn I've actually had a lot of people who post pictures of their drinks or send me videos of them making the cocktails at home and so I'm like okay people are really responding to this so I think that this is the sort of the um path that I want to go down but Now that things are getting, you know, I'm getting past some really basic staples. And so now I kind of want to get into things that are more complicated and advanced so that, um, you know, I've had people reach out asking, you know, will you do this like complicated cocktail or will you do that? And so that's definitely in the works. Um, But it's interesting how the format has changed over time. It used to be this like quick little bam, 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 like get the recipe out. Here it is presented. Now it has like a whole intro format. You know how it goes. Like well, it's, it's yeah, the same way that um, you format your podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. But with the disappearance of TikTok uh, last weekend. Yeah. Um, and and now Instagram Reels hitting Hitting and hitting hard, everything is 15 seconds long. And last week, week I had Elliot Norris on the pod. Shout out to you from My Gay Kitchen. Uh, My Gay Kitchen. My Gay Bartender. I Gay. to talk to her. (laughs) My Gay Podcast Host. You know, life is just really gay, right? And by gay, I I mean happy.
1: (laughs) I'm like following
0: her right now. Wait, Um, wait. Elliot Norris was a big proponent of just, you know, just doing, just rubbing his belly and doing 15 second videos, uh, recipe videos, because that's all it takes. And he was like, that's all it takes. I made a a full career out of it, or I'm
1: making a full career out of it. Here's what I'm going to say, right? Like, I am a lady of a certain age. I just turned 36 last week. And so, like... TikTok is, like, not a thing in my life. It's <laughs> not really, mine either. <laughs> like, I just, I, I personally, like, it seems really time-consuming, says the person who's, like, literally spending hours editing these videos. But, yeah. like, it just seems like... Uh, it seems like it takes up a lot of time on like in regular life. And I just like, I'm trying to enjoy myself. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. I literally have downloaded it a few times. And then when I got the notice that like TikTok is going away, I was like, I need to download it before they stop the downloads. Um, And now I'm obsessed with watching these dog shaming videos on TikTok. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dog shaming? Yeah, it's like, literally... Are they, like, talking shit about them? It's literally these videos of these dogs sitting there looking, like, sad and embarrassed. And then uh, someone put text into Siri and has her read back the text (laughs) about how, like, the dog decided to... uh, that I needed to eat its toy, too, so it put it in my mouth while I was sleeping, and then it scared me, so I jumped, knocked over the water, the dog fell off the bed, and... (laughs) Mess. It's a disaster. But it's a I canine mean, mess. I start my
1: mornings with it, and I I'm crying, laughing. I live for that. I actually so I, sometimes I start my. This is terrible. Um, but there's an Instagram called um, Kids Getting Hurt. Um, I don't know if you follow it, but it's literally just videos of kids falling over, getting plowed over by dogs. And it is kind of like one of those guilty pleasures in the morning where I'm like, "Mm, is there anything like (laughs) hilarious and sad that happened to a child today? (laughs) Wow.
0: Wow. So um, Child Protective Services, we now know. know (laughs) I love kids. That we are not sending Any kids your way. I love, you know what else I love about your um, videos is you, much like me, like to give a little moment of history. Yes. To a cocktail. Um, What's like the most interesting thing you found out like that you were like, oh, I didn't, that's really cool. Or I didn't realize
1: that was a thing, you know um right, so actually, I have an episode that i'm going to start editing soon, which is going to be a spicy margarita episode, um and so I decided to do a little deep dive into the history of the margarita, and there's actually quite a bit, but I think one of the interesting things about um the margarita history is that people are not really sure where the original recipe came from, but like Quite a handful of white people tried to take credit for it, which I thought was really interesting. Are we surprised? I mean, no. <laughs> like, as a mixed race person, absolutely not. Wait, what is your? What? Where does Tabalea come from? Um. So I'm half Filipino and half Irish, actually. Uh, but I look like Everybody thinks that I'm Latin. Yeah, so, I would have. Gu- I would have guessed, especially being from California,
0: some sort of Latino.
1: Yeah, so I'm just kind of like a weird little mutt situation, but um. But yeah, I found that really interesting in the Margarita episode. And it's actually like, I guess, widely accepted that it was created by a man down in Tijuana for uh, a woman who was a Ziegfeld dancer, Ziegfeld dancer. Mm -hmm. And um, she was allergic to all alcohols except for tequila. And so he like whipped up this tequila drink and her name was Marjorie. And so the folklore is that it was named after her, but the Spanish version or of her name, which would be Margarita. Um, so that's, like, kind of the the widely accepted um, folklore of the Margarita. But there was, like, some housewife who was like, oh, I made this for my guests at my vacation house down in Brazil. Like, she, like, you know, just people... And, and some clearly one of my high-powered friends passed that recipe on to somebody in America. Like, I don't know. No, <laughs> like, either no. way, I'm just like, this sounds so typical. Um, <laughs> yep. But... That was an interesting little tidbit that I found out. I thought that was kind of weird and cool. I, I yeah, I love that. I love I
0: love a Ziegfeld re- reference to Mister I mean, Ziegfeld.
1: Mister Ziegfeld. Mean, come on, like I, I I have these visions of her like like literally shimmying up to the bar in like full showgirl regalia, <laughs> like the big feathered hat. I mean, yeah, I'm absolutely. just
0: I'm just an onion roll on a pillow. Pe- Wait, I'm just an onion roll on a plate full of bagels. <laughs>
1: exactly. And she's like, mm, I'm allergic to everything except tequila. What can you do for me? <laughs> like, Wait, just...
0: it sounds like my story.
1: <laughs> yeah? This bitch stole my story. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch stole your uh, story. story. <laughs> Come on. So yeah, I, I think the history I is like, really interesting about these kinds of things. And I also found that like including history about the drink um, also allows like, more room for references So, like, when I'm describing situations, I take a lot of inspiration from uh, Uh by Trixie and Katya. I'm sure you're familiar. But um, I, I watch a lot of this, like, stuff that's on, you know, World of Wonder and a lot of this drag queen footage and how it gets edited together. I pull a lot of inspiration from that. Um, and so I've discovered that one, a a really great way to kind of create fun references is to listen to what you're describing and then create a different visual version of that. And so that's like where I get to stretch my creative muscles a little bit. And, um, and really have fun with it so yes and rumor
0: has it you like your creative muscles stretched
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> i also like stretching other people's creative muscles
0: <laughs> oh well if you'd like to slide in adam's dms please <laughs> do so because <laughs> that sounded like <laughs> an invite me. Stop.
1: I'm, I'm like, I'm a, you know, partnered lady, so. Uh,
0: listen, that means nothing in, in this gay world. This is uh, true.
1: In New York City, I mean, like, to get yes. a boyfriend, you have to have a boyfriend, so. Uh,
0: hello. That's like to get a restaurant job, you've had to, without, you had to have, like, a list of restaurant jobs that you've worked oh, at, you know, yeah. at 16.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? So realistic. <laughs> Oh my
0: god you you said something about like um your um creative mind being stretched and i often uh, think in editing right at least you get to go back and edit and be like oh that's a good reference or oh i didn't even know i said that and then pull a reference out and in editing the podcast sometimes things you know things move quickly here and so sometimes i'm like oh my god i should have said x y and z at that point cuz that would have been really really funny and hilarious. um you know i can't i mean i guess i could go back in and edit a response but then it wouldn't make sense because you wouldn't respond to my response.
1: Oh, I totally get that. <laughs> and it's interesting because even with um, the episodes of My Gay Bartender, the first, like, I guess, segment of episodes that I dropped, like, I didn't, I just went into it, like, blind and just kind of, like, improv my entire way through. And then once I started rebooting and doing it at home, I was like, okay, now I need to like kind of like focus this a little bit more. And so I went from like having absolutely like zero script to now like scripting out a lot of what I say to make sure that I hit my specific points. But I think what's really interesting is that sometimes I'm writing and I'm like, this is going to be so fucking funny. This reference is going to fit in right here. And like the amount of things that I actually end up scrapping is insane because I end up finding moments where I'm just improv that are actually naturally funnier than what I try to script. So, like walking that line between like okay I'm like scripted and like you know uh heightened from an intensity standpoint but like how do I also temper that with like being real and like accessible so I live I
0: live love and fully understand all of that because structure is so
1: important right otherwise it feels like you're like the episode's not going anywhere so I totally feel I totally feel that
0: Yes, and I am living for this inside view into our gay bartender, as, as you will now be respectfully known on In Your House. But I want to take a quick break to introduce Adam to a little something that we like to call, now y'all know this is my favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast, a little something called... Food news update food news food, up. food news honey you ain't ready girl spill the tea food
1: news update
0: Taco Bell is selling a jalapeño noir red wine that's available for delivery in some areas
1: I have actually seen this online, and I am so excited about this prospect. (laughs) Have you also seen um, the box of Cheez-Its that comes with a box of red wine with it?
0: Yes. Um, I thought it was a bottle of rosé. Was it not? We talked about that... Like... Twenty episodes ago, at this yeah, one. it was a, it was remember. it was
1: a while ago, but like I yeah. still want like I want that dream to come true in my life. I haven't done it yet, yes. <clears throat> but um, Taco Bell. Can I? Okay, here's the here's the tea. I love I fucking love Taco Bell, but like for some reason I, I have I probably haven't had Taco Bell since I moved to New York almost eight years ago. Wow, so like I. I, like, I, the idea really um, excites me. I don't think that I really need the food necessarily as much as I love it. I just want to taste the wine, you yeah, know? Yeah, I'm really curious about this as well. In your mouth,
0: listeners, um... So basically, that's what it is. Uh, Taco Bell's new jalapeno noir wine will pair perfectly with your next drive through order. Thank you, delish.com. Um, so, this limited edition beverage will be available exclusively in Canada for Taco Bell fans. Sucks for us because we can't cross the border. Thank you, number 45. Um, <laughs> those are in the area will be able to order it online via. You know, TacoBell.ca, not a sponsor uh, yet. Um, And select Taco Bell locations in Toronto and Hamilton will have the wine available for delivery through Uber Eats. Also not a sponsor yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But really, jalapeno wine? Now, I'm curious if it's going to be like food spicy or wine spicy? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, like, is it going to be like peppery, you know? Like a lot, like some red wines have. Like to- a Rioja? Yeah, exactly. Or is it, I, yeah, I don't, I, I'm very curious. Like, do they actually imply spicy by jalapeno or is that like, oh, that'll be a cute name. Like, I, I can't. I need to know more about this. Do yeah. they crush the jalapeno up in it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Do, does the jalapeno ferment in the wine? If that happened, I, I think that wine would be too spicy to drink. Actually. Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah. Right? Absolutely.
0: If, if you're fermenting the jalapenos in the grapes um, or <laughs> now amazing. I'm picturing old Italian ladies stomping on grapes and jalapenos and then like coming, coming out with like third degree, like, Pepper oh burger. yeah, all
1: over their little biscuits, just yeah. like little little blistered biscuits. After that, yeah, that's 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 like that scene from I Love Lucy, you know, where she yeah, has a fight. <laughs> the or like, I, I'm sure you've seen Grape Lady. Like that's kind of a throwback. Do you remember Grape Lady? Where yeah, she like she falls, falls off of the, the thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, no, she's an icon. Like, where is she? What happened <laughs> to her?
0: Her, the Snapple lady, the Pine Sol lady. You know, there's there's a lot of women in our life that we miss. And you know what? It may be a nice uplifting moment here in 2020 to bring them back for the fall winter season.
1: <laughs> yeah, they should do like a like a Zoom reunion, like like you know, familiar ladies from 90s commercials. <laughs> yes,
0: I, I love that. <laughs> well, maybe you and I can convince Taco Bell behind the scenes to send us some wine because I'm still waiting for Hallmark to send me some of their Christmas wine, Cheez-Its to send me some of their uh, wine and cheese-its, and um and just me and Neto just to send me a case of Prosecco, because why not? The Top It Cake It Shield aims to protect birthday cakes from flyaway germs and spit.
1: Have you... <laughs> I mean, of course it does.
0: Have you seen this? I should have sent you a photo of it. I this.
1: haven't seen it, but I'm like, is are you just talking about, like, saran wrap? <laughs> like, mm. I mean, it's fancier than that. It's literally
0: a, um a plastic round vessel that Uh it's like almost like, you know, those old school like a cloche. Thank you for the word. Um, It's almost like a cloche, but it's plastic and it's flat on top with room for your
1: candles. Okay. I mean, yeah, is it, it's intended to protect it in place or to like actually transport it?
0: No, it's, it's intended to, um not get germs on it as you blow out your candles.
1: Oh. Oh. Um okay. So is there there's like a mouth hole that you like blow into and
0: No, 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 no. So this is why I should have sent you the photo beforehand. In your mouth listeners and Adam. <laughs> it's literally Picture a cloche, you know, like some pretty like 60s housewife cake stand with like the glass cover on it. Now take the cake stand off, leave the glass cover on it. Now take the handle off the glass cover, flatten that cover, and then make little holes for your candles. (gasps) And now the whole cake is covered and the candles are on top of this plastic thing that you can blow out. Take the plastic thing off, cut it into slices. Nobody gets a mouthful of your germs.
1: Well, girl... (laughs) <laughs> um, look, here's here's what I will say. Uh, my last episode was um, a, a, my birthday episode. Uh, hence and- why
0: I picked uh, hence why I picked this food news update. Happy <laughs> birthday, poor Voon!
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> but I did have a cake um, up on the roof, and I, I was gathering with a very small number of my neighbors that we've been basically quarantining together this entire time. Um, And uh, I did not have this cake protector when I blew out my candles. And I'm thinking that maybe it would have been a a good example for me to set. So I'm sorry if I offended anybody in the video.
0: Well, listen, um, this is another article from myfavedelish.com. According to reports from NBC affiliate 9 News in Colorado, William K. DMD, a Boca Raton-based dentist who who specializes in prosthetic, dentistry has created what he calls the Toppet cake shield to help prevent germs and spit from potentially ending up on your party's dessert um he's stewed over the fact that invisible germs and respiratory droplets may end up collecting on a cake's icing after one blows out their birthday candles and obviously he's probably not the only one obsessed with this. There is a study from Clemson University's Department of Food, Nutrition, and Packaging Science that directly analyzes how blowing out candles may contaminate desserts. Apparently, there's something like 1,400% more bacteria found on cakes, outer icing compared to those that were not blown
1: on. Oh, Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's like, you know... It's like a week after, it's like a week in Fire Island, basically. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah. Uh, like.
1: <laughs> like, truly, just waiting for the ferry. Um, here's mean, the thing. Here's the thing. I get it. Like, I get that the sentiment of blowing out candles on your birthday, like, is super important for people. But it's also like, be creative. Like, make a bunch of cupcakes. Like, put your candles on your cupcake, give everybody else their own goddamn cupcake, and blow out your candle. Like yes. you get, like you don't need uh, technology to like. Do,
0: do you know where blowing out candles comes comes from? And I'm pulling this out of the recesses of this, I love this. messed up brain. I don't. Um, a million years ago, in the early um in the early episodes of this podcast, when I used to have a podcast host it was my birthday, her birthday, I forget. I did a history of like birthday cakes. And um, if I remember correctly, I think it was the Egyptians we used to celebrate like, cause it was like a new phase of the moon or something. That, and so you'd make these moon cakes and oh. it symbolized, um, you would light them on fire cause it would symbolize like the light of the moon.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's really exciting.
0: Yeah, right? I love that. And then like I think the Germans carried it over and made something bigger out of it. I don't really remember, but that little that little gem of a of a fact that I mean, just look, popped into the, my brain.
1: The Egyptians were really fierce. So like Hello? the fact that that tradition might be rooted in that uh, does not surprise me.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, It's important to note that officials at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention maintain that foodborne exposure to the virus is not known to be a route of transmission. And it is mainly spread by prolonged close contact, meaning that the people at your birthday party are more likely to give you this thing than the cake you are eating. I don't know if we're here for this cake cover. Just... Just nix the candles, and
1: I mean, nix the candles, or like, like make a like cut cut a separate piece of cake and put um, a candle on it and blow yeah. it out on the other side of the room. Like, you can still like, yeah, look, you can do that. You can, you can do still, that. You just gotta be creative. People, yes. you know, critical thinking is dead these days. So, <laughs> yeah. like, that's why we get these cake covers. <laughs> like, <laughs> and last but not least,
0: you can rent the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile for your proposal, proving love isn't dead.
1: Okay, well, BRB, about
0: to go do that. <laughs> <bad. laughs> so, In Your Mouth listeners, when I contacted Adam to be on the pod, I did not realize that his current uh, situation is an old friend of mine. And so, I loved knowing that little tidbit. Um, and someone who I haven't seen in a very, very long time. Actually, not that long. I passed him on the street of the Upper West Side before we went. I was like manic working, but before we went into lockdown.
1: Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So if you're thinking about proposing, Adam, you definitely should write the <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Meyer Wiener Mobile. And Delishka.com really goes in on the puns here. You can now relish your upcoming special day with the Oscar Meyer Wiener Mobile. Summer weddings may have been a no-go, but proposal season is coming up fast. So Oscar Meyer is making the iconic Wiener Mobile available to anyone who's ready to muster up the courage to pop the question to their significant other and this was inspired by the uh, by one of the Oscar Myers very own Wienermobile drivers who goes by the name Zach and Cheese who um, proposed to his fiance at Yellowstone and used the 27 foot long hot dog on wheels as a backdrop as he got down on one knee. Nothing says I love you like a big wiener.
1: I mean, honestly, like a you know, just a a huge hot dog gently nestled between some soft buns, like sign me up um <laughs> as I, as I propose to you. You might as well just propose at a sex party. <laughs> But like, how lit would that be? Like, let's say the person you're proposing to is like just on the corner and you come like careening around the corner in the hot dog mobile, like kick down the fucking door, like with a ring. Who can say no to that? You can't say no to that. That would be
0: great. And Oscar Meyer, if you're listening, you may need to take Adam's advice. I think from what it sounds like is that the Wiener mobile shows up and it's just there for the photo. Like you can't like actually get in the thing.
1: Look with with enough money, you can do anything. So, like, yeah, <laughs> look, yes, <laughs> it's good. It would be great content for them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, we. You... We could do like a whole Wienermobile
0: uh, flash mob proposal.
1: I would love to do like a Wienermobile, like car washing segment, like where <laughs> we're just like squeezing like suds all over like the tip of the hot dog. That would be lit.
0: Yeah, completely lit. And um, a car wash proposal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is really careening off the rails. <laughs> And the musical theater gay in me is, like, just picturing, like, long lines of, like, musical theater kids dancing and, like, jazz hands, like a jazz, one of those jazz hand waterfalls where, like, the center splits and then all of a oh. sudden you see the Wienermobile coming up and then you are on, like, the tip of it, riding it like a, like a, a mechanical bull. Yeah, absolutely.
1: This <laughs> yeah. is. This is my, Holding like a I'm sign that says,
0: down. will you marry me?
1: Yeah, I'm writing it down. Like,
0: it's here. <laughs> What would be the song though?
1: Um. Oh God. Uh, I mean. I I mean. I guess you can't really use the Oscar Meyer theme song because that's just too predictable, right? No.
0: Um. Maybe it starts in my toes
1: and (laughs) everything. Yes. Maybe a little Colby Calais. You're throwing it back into the thousands. I live for this. (laughs) You got some deep references too, girl.
0: the In Your Mouth listeners like it deep. And with that, I'm going to say, I'm just going to put uh, an end to Food News Update. (laughs) I live. I love that. Adam seems to be very comfortable in his own skin, uh, just like your hostess with the most is here, uh, Munoz. And I want to take a little bit of a serious moment and ask you about um, your comfortability in that skin and, and what your coming out was like. Tell oh. me about that journey.
1: Um, so like, like many of my, uh, you know, uh, queer friends and colleagues in my community. I was one of those kids who, you know, was running around in his sister's heels and uh, wearing lacy tablecloths as a toddler, pretending to be Vanna White. That was my jam. My parents were really great about, like, not putting a lot of restrictions on how I expressed myself. Um, so Why I Vanna like, White? Oh, girl, Vanna White, icon. Like... She wears gowns and turns letters for a living. Like, who doesn't want to do that? And she's been doing it for, like, 40 years. Like, iconic. Was in Playboy? Come on. Uh, of course, as a child, I didn't know that. But, um, but so, growing up, I was always very free to express myself. Um, but when I came out, uh, it was probably, let's see, I started coming out to my friends my sophomore year, and my, big, my, my gateway to coming out to my friends was... Um, I somehow like forced them to ask me if I had to or, uh, if I had to make out with a male celebrity who would it be because I was like I just need somebody to start this conversation with me so I can like open myself up. So I somehow like cornered my friend into asking me that. <laughs> I don't know like I manipulated them somehow. And I was like and at the time my my crush was AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Is he on way, Dancing with the Stars? He is on Dancing with the Stars, and I would still absolutely hit that.
0: Um, he oh, looks good. He's I've like been,
1: eight,
0: uh, Sidebar, Dancing with the Stars, Tyra Banks hosting. I've been a deep in a America's Next Top Model hole. Um, I've been just back-to-back watching all the cycles. I think I'm on cycle 12, 13 right now. And I am still young and old Munoz is still in love with one J Manuel.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Queen J-Manuel and Miss J. Like, let's get real. But uh, I, yeah, need l- to, I need to I need to
0: start a petition to get Miss J on RuPaul's Drag Race as a judge because the shade and why she hasn't been is a whole nother story. But she definitely she's queen of the shade and queen of the runway.
1: It yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, well, and I've we've actually gone back and watched a little bit of Tyra ourselves, and like. There's some really problematic stuff happening, oh my in God episodes. so uh
0: twelve seasons, twelve cycles in it's all there's so much problematic, but kudos to Tyra banks because a it's it's been I think it's the only show where she was the most natural and the most herself, and at every turn of the corner, as problematic as a lot of things were on that show um at every corner she's giving opportunities to people of color, especially queer people of color um which I've noticed a lot too,
1: but yeah, I digress, and back to you. And coming, but up. yes. So AJ McLean still hot on Dancing with the Stars. That, as a, you know, little like um, 15 year fifteen-year-old gayling was like how I told began to express to my friends like I might be attracted to men. Um, I then uh, a friend of mine caught wind of this that I had you know spent some time with, and he was like, "I hear you like boys. I like boys too." So we started like we became little high school boyfriends. And <laughs> when the, the big coming out was basically um, my parents found a note that had fallen out of my backpack or my pocket onto my floor that basically detailed, um, there, there really was only one thing that that outed me, but it said, I'm with Elijah now, which was my, my teenage boyfriend at the time. Um, and so I, I remember I was actually... At Elijah's house because my parents just thought we were friends so I was like going and spending the weekends with him like it was and it's yeah it was crazy um, and so my dad calls me one night and it's like hey um, I'm gonna come and pick you up a little bit early tonight and I was like okay no big deal and he like picks me up in the car I'm not thinking anything of it he drives me home I like run upstairs get on the computer so I can sign on to AIM so I can start you know talking to Elijah Um, or webcamming with strangers, right? (laughs) Stop, not yet. I was so young. Um, And then my dad is like, you know, Adam, can you come downstairs? And I walk downstairs and I see my mom is in the living room and my parents were divorced and it had been for years at this point. So I was like, why is mom here? Like, this, is, this has got it. And then she holds up the note. So, you know, we have this whole, like, I'm like, it was a joke. I wrote it to, like, freak out my friends and I left it on my desk at school and it just fell out of my back. You know, like, all this stuff. And then finally I was like, okay, you know, like, a lot of gays in our generation, I was like, I'm bisexual. Like I, you know, I'm just, I'm attracted to men, but I, I you know, I, I don't want to be with one just window shot. You know, it's that gateway yeah. into like becoming your gay self. Um, and so that was kind of like what really cracked it open. But I, I'd say that the thing that really helped me come into myself was the year after that, which is when I found theater. And um, that, you know, as you know, uh, is just a wonderfully weird and kooky, accepting, amazing community um, that really sort of allowed me to embrace who I felt like I authentically was. Um, and so I think that was that was really the key to, like you were saying, um, feeling comfortable in my own skin. Was, you know, I had parents that didn't put a lot of, that, that didn't tell me that I needed to act a certain way. Um, I came out fairly young. And then I found a, a group of people that I really felt supported by, which was the theater community. And so, um, I, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, like like all queers, like it was not necessarily an, always an easy path to feeling comfortable with myself. Um, but I'm really glad that I, I, I feel like I, in some ways, uh, have figured out some really important aspects to just trying to live a a happy life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's an ever-growing and ever-evolving process. And I want to thank you for sharing that story with us uh, just because I always say our stories matter and we never know who is listening. You made a very specific point, which I can't remember right now um, if I've talked about on the podcast, but this this bisexual stepping stone, right? Which I don't, I didn't, I did not have. Um, I, I'm stumbling on that because I'm really trying to remember because I had a couple different coming out moments to different groups of people. But I'm 90% sure that that wasn't one of the stepping stones for me, but it is for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I want to make it very clear that, yes, as you needed a space to feel comfortable in before you like were fully comfortable like knowing, you know, you needed a safe territory that's like right. a little bit more Absolutely. understandable to your parents. I also want to make it clear that uh, bisexuality is definitely a thing. Um, oh, fully. Most, uh, most, rec- uh, most recently, uh, Andrew uh, Gillum, right? Senator, or he was, he was uh, a, go- a governor candidate. Um, he was just on the Tamron Hall show. He was found like naked in a room with a man. It was this whole thing. He just came out as bi as well. And that was like, I watched that interview and that was really like, hard for him and whatever he's going through. So I just want to make it a clear point that like, yes, although there are very many of us on this side of our gayness, our queerness that have used it as a stepping stone, you know, it's still a valid thing and it's still like there are people out there that identify as bisexual. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: absolutely. And I don't think that there's anything wrong. You know, I I, I mean, for me, it's kind of why I like to identify as, as being queer as opposed to being like a gay man. Like, because it, it feels a little bit more all encapsulated you know what I'm saying? Um, because I do really believe that attraction to both sexes, it's, it's on a sliding scale. Like some people are like totally open to just experimenting and some people make total left turns and end up, you know, uh, Niecy Nash just got married to a woman, yes. uh, which I think was incre- Shout out to like, you. Honestly, like the coolest fucking thing like I, I was so not expecting that. Um, and so I, I don't think that it's really our job to uh, force people into um, labeling themselves you know or boxes. Um, right but um, and yeah. I think that like you know a lot of people do kind of uh, are confused by the idea of bisexuality because they just can't open their mind to well like it's kind of sliding scale, you know yeah,
0: it's um, it's you don't fit into a
1: box you know, you don't,
0: you're not this one thing that I can define as this. You're, you're now on a spectrum of something and there's, there's room for gray area. And I don't understand that. And so I need to put you in a box, you know?
1: Right. And I think that, you know, honestly, using, using the term bisexual to kind of come out, um, to my parents was really more rooted in the idea of like making it uh, a little, like, of a smoother transition for them. Yeah, of course. You can't like, you know, just like in cooking, you can't like incorporate things too quickly sometimes. And so it was sort of like the way to like temper the batter before I just like poured all the rest of my like- Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for a full on cooking reference to keep it what
0: on brand?
1: (laughs) I don't just make drinks. I'm also a pretty good cook. I'm not going to lie. So. (laughs) Oh yeah. What's what's your go-to? I know the tea. Um, my go-to, we've been making a lot of salmon lately. Um, I make a killer fried rice. But I have to say that the the number one thing, I think the, the biggest crowd pleaser is um, my lumpia, which is a Filipino egg roll. Yeah, um, I live and, for some Filipino food. Yeah, and there's there's all kinds of like different versions of it, but my family recipe is what I always use. And it is like, every time I make them, whoever I'm making them for, they have to come and roll them with me. It's like... It's one of my favorite things to do. And they go like that.
0: And that's, and I've just dubbed you. This is your new drag name. Mylumpia Egg Roll. Ladies and gentlemen, now now (laughs) presenting Miss Mylumpia Egg Roll.
1: (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Thank you. I have to say though, I'm seriously like all the white people who marry into my family, they show up at the family events and there's like, Where's the lumpia? So uh, listen, I live for garlic fried
0: rice, I live for some Filipino empanadas, um mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's why I'm quote unquote chubby. Um now I'm no, not eating any of that.
1: Stop it. <laughs> I have to say though that like for being half Filipino, it's basically the only like true Filipino food that I know how to make. So um you know, that's just i don't know i i i just love that i get to share a part of my family with people so and it's like good like snicky snack bar food yummy i love that i love that well this has been an exciting
0: episode and before we close out maybe you can give the listeners some some tips or tricks you know we are quickly transitioning into fall here in new york sure. city um you know what are cuz You know, you figure that summer cocktails, Frosé, um, Cosmos, Margaritas, um, margaritas, fall cocktails, Manhattans, Mm Sazeracs, Old Fashions. Absolutely. Right?
1: Right? But transitional cocktails. So, I, so actually, I think that a great uh, sort of way to bridge the gap between summer and fall is Mezcal. Um, so, I, and Mezcal is still something that's not on a lot of people's radar, weirdly. It's obviously, like, super increased in popularity over the last couple of years. For those but of you I
0: that think, don't know, Mezcal is like smoky tequila.
1: Yeah, it's like a deliciously, it's like kind of like if scotch and tequila had a baby, but, like, not quite as aggressive. Yes. Yeah. Um, But uh, there's just something about it that I really love. And it's what's great about it, like margarita is like my quintessential summer drink. So throwing something that's like smoky and a little more rich and complex really kind of like helps bridge that gap between something that's really bright and acidic and something that feels like it's sort of zeroing in more towards fall. Um, So are we
0: making... Are we making, like, Mezcal Manhattans? Are we making Mezcal Margaritas? Are we making...
1: I think a Mezcal mezcal Margarita is a good place to start, but I think, like, going into it, I love um, a Mezcal old-fashioned. I think there's something that's really classy about it, um, and I feel like it, you know... Like you said, in the, in the fall, you get all those like mm, like rye whiskey vibes. You get those like warm, dark, like caramely liquors and things like that. And so as we're leaving like the freshness and the brightness of summer behind, I always feel like mezcal is a nice little gap. But I have to say what I'm really excited about as this weather starts to get cold is making um, cider. Uh, apple cider and throwing all of my different spices and citruses in there, and just stewing it on the um, on the stove and letting the the apartment fill up with all of that like delicious like autumnal aroma. That is my jam, sis. So I'm just waiting for it to get a few degrees colder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we
0: may get it this week, honey, low 60s. The Amy Freeze told me it was low 60s. And I can't wait to take out my AC from my window because I live in the tiniest apartment in the world, 120 square feet. And so I like, once the AC goes in, I can't open the window anymore. And it's a pain right.
1: So yeah, I'm really is-
0: looking forward to that.
1: It is pumpkin spice latte weather, honey. It's coming your way. Here we Ugh. are. It's Ugh. fall, bitch. I know it's sad, right?
0: Ugh. The basic the basicness of all the pumpkin spice. And no, you know what? No, no shade to all of you who live for a basic moment. <laughs>
1: Look, it's fine. Look, I maybe I will can say... we do what?
0: Like, can we do like a pumpkin spice miscell?
1: I will say something? this: um, I there there is a a, um, a frozen. Uh, whiskey chocolate drink that um, last year I suggested that we maybe add pumpkin spice to and that shit flew. Um, so, I mean, you see a frozen pumpkin spice like booze, like latte drink on a menu and you're like I have to have it. It's fall. Yeah. <laughs> Like, is it even fall if I don't have pumpkin spice? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, I've been putting maple syrup in my coffee for for quite some time now. Just, you know, just a teaspoon. That sounds delicious. To give me fall vibes. Well, this has been such a great little episode. And we are just, you know... Gab and Gales over here, you and I, oh, right? A we key are,
1: key.
0: It has been Kiki because we are well over time. But <laughs> this has been a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so thank you. Thank you for giving me some of your time today out of your very
1: busy schedule. Um, it's been a joy to have you on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, like, really fun to connect. This is actually the first, um, like, food podcast or other kind of, like, queer uh, food personality that I've really collaborated with, and it's really cool. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that in the future, as... Things start to loosen up, um, that I can start collaborating with other queer artists in episodes and teach them how to make drinks and things like that. Yeah, so for sure. it's just really cool to reach out to somebody else who, you know, kind of understands what it's like to be on this side of things. Yes, honey, you you with the OG
0: of like queer food here and on yeah. the only food podcast on the airwaves to toot this old chubby horn. <laughs> <laughs> I give her a toot, not a boot. Uh, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of people out there, and you are definitely now part of my queer food army or my real food housewives of the LGBTQ nation. I don't know. I, I really got to work that out if I'm going <laughs> to beat this Andy Cohen horse to death. <laughs> I'm here for it. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Um, once again, big shout out to Adam. Let the kids know where they can find you as if we haven't said
1: it 10,000 times. <laughs> uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram at mygaybartender. You can also find me on YouTube under the same name. And thank you so much for having me. And everybody vote in November, please. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, we're we're going to have to do a voting episode soon. But um, until we get there, uh, you know, you know don don some new sweaters, you know go yeah. go on go on the internet, go to Etsy, have someone crochet you with sweater for the season yeah. um, if you enjoy pumpkin spice, do that too, and with that I'm gonna say thank you all for listening to in yo man